Hello, everyone, and welcome to a another little bonus, little episodey thing um, of Adventuring for Dummies. Today, we are going to be doing a little like cast Q and A, where we've asked, uh, where we're going to ask each other some little questions and see what all those answers are, and get everyone's feeling for the last arc. Um, the last arc being the first arc, I mean, of Adventuring for Dummies, Book One, Chance. So. We're not playing our characters, and I'm not playing every other character by these four, but still to introduce ourselves, I'm Gary Fien, and I am the DM. Hi, I'm Dave McTighe. Hi, I'm Dave McEnroe. Hello, I'm David Shirt. And I'm Billy Shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we are going to just kick straight into it and get the conversation going. So we're going to do a little round table. We've each written some questions we're going to ask each other, and we're each going to take turns in doing that. And at the very end, we have some few little questions uh, from the interwebs. Um, we'll go through also. So to kick us off is Dave Sheeran, normally playing Ivar, today playing himself, playing Ivar. <laughs> I... Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm only joking. Don't confuse the poor man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so question for We the Party. If uh, your character were to suddenly have a familiar, counting special options and whatever, maybe reflavoring, uh, what would best suit your character? Stefan clearly doesn't have to answer this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, certain someone may have uh, something instantly ready to go. Ramsey is 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 familiar plus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God, I love that description. Familiar plus. Familiar plus. Yeah, God familiar. here. God here. Familiar. He's yeah, got plot I've, I've I've had Ramsey and I've had Ratsy, and at yeah. some point yeah. I do promise I will use more out of that bag. Um, yes, you do use more of that bag. More chaos, more furry ball chaos. It will come up. I feel like we'll 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 want more Z's in our lives. Yes. Hey, who wants to take that first? Well, uh, I think Billy should go first because it's the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. A goat's the obvious one to go for, and um, of course, my name being Billy is part of the reason I built that character around goats. Uh, I suppose out of Maybe more interest, I'll pick a different animal. Because um, I do think Stefan could have pulled off like an owl or a hawk or something. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Bird boy. Bird boy, it's kind of the go to for someone that like is bookish. And also mm. just the idea of him plucking a feather out to write with as a quill. Yeah. Really oh, very cinematic, very good. Oh, so cool. <laughs> You have to do that uh, for another character at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the next book he'll adopt a bird. Who knows? Um, you'll, you'll frantically write so many letters one day that you'll just have like a bald owl. <laughs> I also just be ready for Christmas. <laughs> I just also love the image of like his familiar having night vision and not him. If it was like an owl, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Classic thing of like, yeah, humans having familiars that can see it in the dark and they can't. Yeah. I mean, you, you have the power to see through like other animals. So that's true. You could, you could just have like your familiar hang back in like the corner of a room and kind of you have a 
a picturesque, almost like security camera view of a fight. Yeah, yeah. And then he just uses it to inspect forms more closely. Yes. Yeah. Or like just... post him outside of a form box to make sure it's getting picked up on time or something. <laughs> just take hold of the owl and pu push it closer to the form for zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting up straight in your chair and you're just holding the owl by its two legs and you're just like scanning pages. <laughs> <laughs> the owl is just constantly on my shoulder because I just look through its eyes the whole time yeah. instead of my own. Yeah. Instead of bringing a book up to your face, you just bring it over your shoulder. <laughs> Excellent. I could definitely see an owl or hawk for, for Stefan. Yeah, I think if any of us are to have a familiar, and you already have one. So yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah. definitely, I feel like that answers the question pretty well for Stefan. Yeah. Um, I can go next if, if uh, Bilbert is go first. Go for it. Yeah, I think, uh, well, Gwen kind of actually has the option to do this anyway. Uh, you know, find familiar spell. She can cast that, I believe. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and, and it's kind of built into the scribe as well with the spell book, like the awakened spell book thing, because eventually it, it kind of does get a bit more life to it. So I think mine would be the spell book eventually. Um, and it might have a voice or something later on and stuff that Gary might have to do. But uh, I think... Um, you know, yeah. you know, you love my my companion voices. Yeah, you, we sure do. Um, so you know, I think I think it would be the spell book. Um, but I think it would be like I think it would be really posh or something. I think it would be like up itself, which it would be very funny for Gwen to have a very uppity spell book, or a, another really crass. You know, I think it would have to be one yeah. of the extremes. I think it would have to be like yeah. super stuffy upper upper cross spellbook, or like, oh right, how are you doing? What we're casting fireball today? Oh yeah, all right, boom. You know, something like that. You know, I just can't imagine it being like regular, basically. Um, okay, yeah. okay. One of the like the the posh one kind of just makes me instantly think of uh, Grimoire Vice from Near Replicant. Uh, oh yes, 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 yeah. I do know that. Um, yeah, I do know that book. You need to play that game. Yeah, yeah. That's great. It looks fab. Um, so yeah, I think that, and then like, you know, it can fly and stuff. And then also the fact that I always am ripping my pages and stuff out of it and things like, you know, it's it's quite, uh, it's like the go-to thing, I think for Gwen and like probably something that will kind of come up later um, as the spell book gets more awakened -y and stuff. Um, yeah, I was actually, I had been toying with the idea of like trying to do more stuff with it, but um yeah, we were just doing too much stuff, you know. We were we were just bullying on with the story, and it just didn't come up. <laughs> um, I think if I was to pick something else that wasn't like, you know what I mean, kind of in the cards or whatever, it would. Would she have? I think she'd have like a weasel or a dog or something. She'd just have something like really normal. <laughs> um, that would be like sc scampering around and just you know what I mean, getting all up in people's business like Gwen likes Thank to you. do. Yeah, you know? I get you. Nipping, nipping butts. Like yeah, like, yeah, she, yeah. She loves sniffing butts. Um, yeah, so just like something a bit. Um, ooh, or maybe a rat. Just something, you know, just something like very like ordinary and like downtrodden or something, you know. Mm, <laughs> but kind of like uh, you know, constitutionally and like it's got a lot of flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. something tough. Yeah, something like a rat. I can see like Gwen having like a pure white rat with like blue eyes. Ooh, that's so fierce. Something like yeah. that, you know. Or a bat or something random. 
No, that's yeah. Dave Sheeran. Or not Dave Sheeran, that's Dave McTighe, Vampire. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, it's we're not talking about us. <laughs> no, we're not Mine. talking about us. Jack, you know my Patronus in Harry Potter and Pottermore is a bat. Oh, very cool. It was made to be. Yeah, it was meant to be. So happy. <laughs> Just like the bats that live in the side of my house. They live in the stone. <laughs> and I can see them. And sure, the bats that fly around your house. Yeah, bats. They do. Separate entities from getting from you. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, that's Gwen. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. Sweet. Great. Love it. So right, so I... what I was thinking, mm-hmm. I think a fox would best suit Derby. Oh, oh yes, yes. Orange, the color, the color scheme, as well. color scheme even works. Like, um, and like you know, it's like the kind of red coppery color, and um, Derby actually has auburn hair, kind of tying into the whole steampunky thing, and been a wood elf as well. So the fox would fit that. And I think also, like, a fox is often um, personified as being kind of smart, sly, cunning, and usually in stories, they're fairly smug as well. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. I think it's perfect. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head, but as soon as you said fox, I was like, it can be nothing else. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Incre- incre- and like with like some beautiful like uh, collar or something on it, or just some like piece of you know like one piece of like clothing sort of that's like really fancy and just like fits into the whole thing. I think. Mm, yeah, and um, you know, I, like often in stories, foxes are they're kind of really sort of charming, and they're always kind of planning ahead, and they're kind of suave, but in that sort of kind of uppity way. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So Derby. Yeah, I think some, definitely uh, pomposity there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my rat and your fox would fight each other. Oh yeah, just like the two people. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Have you one yourself, Dave? That you want to answer for your own question, or? I do actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually got this idea way back when I was just looking into um, gray dwarves. And apparently uh, there's these little earth elementals called uh, Kargra that um, the Duragar sometimes domesticate as messengers. They're these kind of, uh, kind of maybe like a small kind of like almost cat-sized little creatures that look a bit like the Guardians from Legend of Zelda. Just with big mouths, you know the the big kind of uh things on like the the four oh, kind the, of spindly the, legs, the spidery things, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I do know them. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. From Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I was imagining like a little Earth mole. Kind, kind, no. not really. Because they're sensitive to light. Yeah. No, I know, but in as in for for <laughs> Ivar, because you know you're sensitive to light and stuff, and like That's... underground for Durgari oh, things and that kind, kind of. Stuff. We'll post this picture as well. These things are cute. Yeah. I bet they are cute. I, I, I'm just like my gut reaction was like, I "Oh yeah, have a cute little mole." <laughs> oh, that is kind of oh, that's fearsome, but also cool. Yeah. So they eat only metal, and the more like pure the forged metal, the they it, it's tastier to them, and they don't really eat anything organic or like anything that's not metal. So 
Duragar sometimes just kind of feed them a note and they just kind of cough it up for when they're delivering it. And it's such a weird kind of image that I just kind of I like it as a quirky little thing. Yeah. It fits into a very steampunky derby world. Do you know, I can imagine them maybe being in the Kismar Rook or something. You can imagine them being like, like, like trash pets. Like, here's all the scrap metal I'm not using anymore. There you go. Eat it. Mm. That's cool. I like that. But then I also gonna see like really fancy ones that only eat like the best metal, and they're like, like you know what I mean? There's like a disparity between the ones that eat like oh shitty metal and like ones that eat only yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah, like the leaders like, of the, the dogs. Of... The will have yeah. like oh, the dogs really like, Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and maybe like I don't know. Um, they have a fine kind of like gold lining in between their scales. Yes, exactly, and they just yeah, like, it more... comes out in their coats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the better metal they eat, the better they look. Hey, we haven't been to Ironclad yet. Maybe that's full of cur- what crags? What are they called? Crags? Cargas? 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 It's one of the you few know? monsters that uh, doesn't have like a, a voiced kind of clip on D and D Beyond. So I'm only guessing. Oh. Ah. So yeah, everyone, we um, have decided what that's called for you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's very cute. I like it. I can also imagine when we're like, yeah, uh, tomb diving that you're just like, Meh, this thing is not that important. And just like letting it eat, eat some metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like they can smell like fair uh, iron in wooden furry uh, feet. Handy. Very good. And okay. very iron claddy. Yes. Yeah, I enjoy that. Very thematic. Great. So, so you have a question for me? <laughs> I do indeed, yes. So um, this is kind of specific to just kind of the setting. Uh, I got this kind of, yeah, uh, this is a setting specific question. Um, are the gods of Dumeria omnibenevolent, as in perfectly good, and sort of on the same topic, but are they capable of committing acts of evil, either deliberately or accidentally? Um, deep, deep, <laughs> yeah. So I, I did purposely not like create or not create, but like I, the gods of Dumeria are taken from the gods of Wildmount, um, uh, from D and D module Wildmount, um, and I deliberately didn't put in the evil ones, not because I was like no evil exists in this world. I was like, um, I just didn't want those to be. A story element of Dumeria. I don't know why I just didn't really want that. And there was twelve of the good good gods, quote unquote, and they fit into the twelve calendars or the twelve months of the year and blah 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 blah. Um are they omnibenevolent? No. I definitely don't see them as such. Um of course, through the history of your character's knowledge of Dumeria, gods have been a little bit more distant. Um, and they've maybe been perceived um, in scripture in different religions across Dumeria as being kind of omnibenevolent. Um, but them themselves definitely have the capabilities of doing something not perfectly good. Um, each have their particular domain, and they will likely do whatever to keep that domain going. There's some that are definitely like way more chiller than others, but then there's some that are like, no, I wear the highway. 
Um, and maybe we might get to see some more of those interactions later on in the podcast. You never know. We've had a lot of God interactions, so we'll see if you have any more. I was just going to say, it's like, oh, we never talk to gods. What do you mean? <laughs> Very cool. So far, they've been pretty benevolent, but hey, you never know what you might do in the next tomb you enter. <laughs> yeah, especially when all of you are like, yeah, they're not that. They don't do stuff. They're like, whatever. They're off over there doing stuff. They they, they don't interact with us. <laughs> hey, the raven made one respond to us. So. Hey, she she was her whole temple was bunked up. You know, she's leaving you on red. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Not acceptable. <laughs> she helped with the amulets. We would, you know. Did she though? Yeah, she did. Barry said to reroll. <laughs> we had did a match. She? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm not this religious in real life, but I will. I will fight for these fictional. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, see, the thing, I'm not that religious in real life either, and yet I created a world that was so god-centric because I don't know. I liked them in fantasy because you could literally just be like, "Oh, here they are. They've just teleported down onto your plane, and now you're talking to them." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No problem. Oh, moving on in our round table. Next up, Dave of the Gwen Persuasion. Dave of the Gwen Persuasion, that's me. Um, yes, I have some questions for us all and for Gerald. Uh, so, yeah, question for the party. So, what attribute uh, of you do you think is most like? Uh, your character and what attribute is least like you in your character so yeah thing you have most in common like attribute or quality wise and thing you have least in common attribute or quality wise this is a fun one I'm looking for this yeah. <laughs> I feel like we'll all have uh, ideas of what we think they are as well <laughs> <laughs> so if you get it wrong we're going to tell you <laughs> yeah, that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to take it up first? Sure, I will. Nice. Yeah, so I think uh, the thing I, I most have in common with Ivor is probably just that love for learning. You know, I, I, I just really enjoy just kind of um, digging into a new subject, kind of, or just revisiting an old subject, just kind of like uh, absorbing what I can. And uh, with Ivor, like, uh, well, I kind of go into kind of, uh, a, how do I put this? kind of put emphasis on the frustration he had during studies, how he kind of moved from statecraft to history to archaeology. Like, he did really enjoy his time doing that, even when it was, like, statecraft, which is presumably Higgle's curriculum? Like, I think he um, was... Yeah. <laughs> Higgle's, yeah. He, he was, like, political, yeah, and statecraft, that's his yeah, lead, so of you that, probably... lead of that section. Yeah, you probably did know him, actually, yeah, quite well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think Ivor like is as happiest when he's doing research, and I think I kind of share that with him. Uh, as for what I don't have in common with Ivor, I I think it's how self righteous and impulsive he can be, <laughs> that, which is kind of why he's changed subjects multiple times, <laughs> and um, like he's someone who wants to achieve his kind of goals above all else and like when those goals themselves are challenged or impeded he'll kind of like take kind of drastic actions you know which i yeah. don't think i i really have yeah. in common 
doesn't sound like you, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think you're 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 way too like uh, easygoing and like uh, yeah, definitely like to work with it with everyone else. You wouldn't be like, no, it's my thing or nobody yeah. else's. <laughs> yeah. And the the learning thing does really come through because as much as we're all trying to play another character and like be true to them or whatever, you always have a gen genuine player interest when Ivar has a genuine character interest in a subject so yes i can feel it anyways when whenever you're like researching things yes mm -hmm. the researching is there very good very cute who's next on the chopping block uh mm, sure uh, oh sorry go ahead go ahead yeah, fine. <laughs> um yeah i i guess i don't think i'm as bad as stefan but uh definitely i can be <laughs> a bit uh, <laughs> anal about stuff at times and <laughs> It should it should be this way. Thankfully, you're not uh, as bad as that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think you've ever tried to attack me when we work together, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I could uh, get a bit frustrated when it's like, we're meant to do it this way. Definitely one of those kids that was more like follow the instructions for Lego than free, uh, free build. Okay. <laughs> Least likely, I would say that I wish I was more like Stefan in regards to um, maybe studiousness and like dedication to something. Just that when he goes for it, you know, he knows all those <laughs> rules uh, for law. He knows all those laws and bureaucratic nonsense. But no, I'm definitely not that committed. So I think you're plenty smart, and I think you're downplaying uh, yourself. Oh well, yeah, no, I I'm not sure it's like smart. Smartness. Exactly. You no, know, but I, I and I mean dedication as well. Like I think if you want to, you can, you know, dedicate yourself to something and and like you know make it make it work. Hmm. Make it work. Exhibit Eurovision. No. Exhibit Billavision. Everyone check out Billavision. It's class. It's Everyone all Billavision. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, Maybe pretty inactive until next May, but check it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See you next May. <laughs> nice. That's me. Okay, so that leaves me. Um, I think, how am I like Darby? <laughs> Stop oh, laughing. Aren't you like Darby? Am I right? Stop. No, I'm <laughs> that bad. Um, okay, I think, um, I think Darby is very passionate about his hobbies and interests. Like, he's very passionate about his gnomish tinkering. And when he's not interested in something, he really doesn't care about it and he really knows nothing about it and i think i'd be the same in that aspect like i'd be very into my hobbies my core hobbies and something that i wouldn't be interested in i'd legit know nothing about and i have no interest <laughs> either actually knowing anything about it um so like yeah just my hobbies like i'd be very into pokemon video games lego and cars and with that, I'd be in those fields. I'd be pretty in depth, and I'd really know my stuff. But um, and of course D and D. Uh, but ask me about <laughs> tennis or something. No, sorry. <laughs> um, Which end of the stick do I hold? Yeah, it's a tennis bat, isn't it? Tennis club. Hmm? Um, you hit it with yeah. a handle, right? That's extra points. <laughs> yeah, extra points. <laughs> points. I actually don't know either off the top of my head. So a racket, isn't it? Racket. <laughs> racket, okay. All net sports use a racket. Yeah. 
as you can tell, we are the sportiest boys. I love rackets worth them, my favorite. <laughs> I understand football and I watch football, so I'm half half nerd, half jock, so I'm at like a jerd or a knock or something. Never say that word again, please. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> um what am I not like Jeremy? I don't think I'm as arrogant as Jeremy. I don't think you were either, oh, thankfully. Well, thank you. Um, no, you're I, supposed to leave it a second or two, so we'd have to think about it, and you'd be like, oh, what if I am? No, no, you're not. Just put that on the post, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, though, I put can some tumbleweed be a bit effect in. aloof like Jeremy sometimes, but it's not like, um, I'd be different. Like, Jeremy can be aloof because he really doesn't care. I can be aloof because I'm probably thinking of something else, or <laughs> you don't realize mine's elsewhere. I, I don't realize it. Uh, yeah, um, I think probably like Jeremy. I actually really hate small talk. Um, you know, like the weather or something. So like Jeremy's yeah. very impatient, and I kind of just feel like oh, it's just kind of filler. <laughs> like <it> just <laughs> oh yeah, the weather it's great. Yeah, it's, well it's always terrible in Ireland anyway. So. What can you do about it? It's just <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I feel I feel I have to really sometimes channel Derby just to like get in when there's something that he'd really bite on just to jump on it. Yes, <laughs> I get you. Yeah, I think that's a good summation. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Oh, Gwen. me. Um, lol. Uh, okay. What? Uh. I think that me and Gwen uh, are similar in what what way would I put this? Uh, I love that I'm taking the longest at my and I'm asking the question. Class. Uh, no, I think I think I think Gwen is like me in me in terms of like Gwen likes to is like really passionate and stuff um, and wants to, you know, wants to go out and wants to go and do, do the thing. And I'm like very like that as well, but we also do care about what the, what the rest of the group kind of think and kind of do want to work towards something for everyone kind of, and I know that doesn't come out all the time, but like, you know, most of the time she will ask, you know, everyone's opinions about how they want to, how, you know, how are we going to do the thing or where do we want to go? And like, I think that, that kind of, you know, Team player-ish kind of person is in in both me and Gwen a lot. Your so. your approach to being a team player is different to Gwen's, but your ultimate goal yes. of being a team player is there. Yeah, team player is there. The spirit of team yeah. player is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think least likely, I think Gwen is just very very like direct and upfront about things, whereas I wouldn't yeah. be. Like I try and be like you know what I mean, approach something nicer or whatever. Uh, and she'll just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> a bit more tactful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a, bit, a little bit more tact. One yeah, tact, yeah. please. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's, think that's the least. Sweet. And, and then I have a question for Gerald. Uh, so yeah, who is your favourite character to embody and why? And who's your least fave? Uh, why do you find the, the, yeah, maybe why do you find them hardest to embody? Or like, yeah, I, I think saying least favourite character to embody is not what I mean, mm. but just like the one that you find, yeah, find maybe most challenging, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, the one that I think I've had the most fun embodying is probably um, uh, Greg Shaw. Okay. 
um, just because I enjoy the, his catchphrase. Um, and I think catchphrases are the thing that I could go to a lot when I'm trying to embody a person. Um, I also have really, for the brief amount of time I've done them, I've also really enjoyed being Ramsey. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so those are probably my two faves. Um, I enjoyed being Hague as well. I enjoyed being creepy for a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, what my least, I don't really have to have a least favorite, but the hardest, the hardest yeah, one I've hardest had from body, like the hardest. So I had a, like a really clear image of who um, Audrey was in my head. And I don't think I got there. Like I'm, I, I don't think I'm like that good at being, or I don't mean that good, but like I find I think I find it harder at getting to the harder character, like the rougher or sterner character, because that's mm. quite far away from who I am as a person. So uh, like, she definitely wasn't how I imagined and hoped her to be, and what she turned. I'm not mad at what she turned into, but it's just I I find it that the kind of more stern person the hardest. Cool. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because, like, it, 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 yeah, you're not, <laughs> not that you're a pushover, why, anything, but you're not a stern, like, you're not, like, rigid, like, anything like that. Yeah, so that, that's why everyone is a sassy lady or a, <laughs> uh, what have I got? I've got sassy lady, nerdy guy, and deeper voice Gary. And that's my three people. Um, and they're all excellent. We love them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, I guess Audrey kind of turned off. She's kind of started kind of actually being all right and kind of nice-ish, whether, whether that was a ploy or not. But towards the end, when things kind of went against her, she kind of just started to be a bit huffy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very pressed. <laughs> mm. But I think that's also fair. <laughs> it, yeah. It was an You were prepping situation. her. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that's who I find to the hardest. Uh, I have a bonus question for Gary. So uh, what is the most rewarding part of DMing and what are you hoping to do more of or improve on in the future? And by improve on, I mean like add in more or like, you know, something that you want, like um, thought you did good at, but like would love to, to keep going with. Yes. Um, the most rewarding part of DMing for me is... Um, is like people enjoying something I created and then like something I created giving people joy and enjoyment. No. Very cute. Um so that's why I enjoy doing the podcast as well. It's like we don't have the hugest listenership ever. Um but I love the people that Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I love the people that do listen um because I know it's 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 bringing a smile or a laugh to their face. But besides the podcast before the podcast even was a thing it was about being a, a virtual table in this instance but being around a real table and like entertaining people um and like having fun with story um and um hoping to do more of improve on in the future i want to do um um some more like yeah it's some uh, yeah i'd love to do some more like intricate kind of story elements um of like a bit more like intrigue and mystery and all of those kind of things um as well as yeah so like kind of a more like tense environment that isn't just based around like a monster combat 
um, kind of thing. Um, and also, I think I've gotten a little bit better on it recently, and I want to keep improving on it, making more like dynamic and interesting combats that it isn't just one side versus the other in like an anime showdown. Um, even though those can be incredibly fun, obviously, but like having the things like, oh, there's a ritual happening that you're trying to stop, or the boulder going up and down the thing. It's like stuff that's a little bit more dynamic than you're just. I whack them at the face. Bingo bunk. They've been amazing, and you're doing great. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's me. It, that is the Gwen of the Dave persuasion. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, I said the wrong way around, but that also makes sense. Uh, <laughs> next, we have the Dave of the Darby persuasion with some questions of his very own. Okay, I have individual questions for everyone. Ooh. Ooh. So my first one is a question for Billy. What's it like to go from the bard to the barbarian? And do you miss your spells? Uh, That is a very good question. Um, So in our offline campaign, I'm a uh, water genasi bard. So I have some fun there. Um, Yeah, I is this the right? There are times in combat where I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> you're kind of clicking into the spells tab to see just like two there when usually you'd have a scroll. <laughs> yeah. So that it, it's funny. Yeah. There's there's times I wish I could be more imaginative for that, but I do think like D and D and the sounds of the campaign we've made together as well. Like there is enough fun to be had there and enough flavor. And I I I'm kind of curious because obviously Bard doesn't have as much with preparing spells and that, so I'd like to. Maybe see what that's like for is it a wizard, does that? Or a sorcerer? Prepare. So I think I wouldn't say I necessarily miss it and I do like having a different take on it, but yeah, there's a few times where I'm like, Oh, I'd just love to manipulate water or destroy water at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that water power. Yeah. I want to yeah, be high dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, because for your first character, like Bard isn't the most complex class. No, but not it's at all. got but it's got some of the like um least straightforward spells. It's 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 a lot less like I blast them with fire or you know, I charm them. It's more like, you know, there's there's a lot more nuances to some of the bard spells. So I do yeah, there's lots for of taking up the mantle of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I do, yeah, and I think this applies with all our characters. I think there's enough um, fun, like, story abilities there with Stefan that I'm able to get away with other stuff, like creating random forms or getting my pet coat to, like, sneak into a graveyard. So, yeah! <laughs> really, I have spells in a roundabout way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what is the attack action, the grapple action, and the shove action but warrior cantrips. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you would think of them that the way. Fighter main. <laughs> Couldn't say it any better himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a fist wizard. Okay. <laughs> he punch. Oh, he yeah. has punch. I'm noticing all my classes begin with B, though, so it's going to be very sad. <laughs> that stops being barred oh, no. you'll, go the, yeah. you'll go to the wizard. The wizard. There we go. The wizard. The wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I think you play your bard very well. You're fantastic as a supporting role and just 
kind of doing completely wacky things and changing the complete complexity of a of a battlefield. And oh, in the same okay. way, you're doing your tank job as your barbarian exemplary as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I also think you just make it so funny, like, because you're tanking, but you're also just like, it seems so annoyed to be doing it or something, and it's just like <laughs> that, that interplay of like, I'm so mad, but also I'm supposed to be preppy, but rrr, die. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so good. It's, it's such and a you are like, flavor. You, yeah. you are, you're tanking so exceptionally well that you're like just dying or about to die all the time so you are getting the max out of every hit point that you do but you yes. play it such a way that Stefan is just like over it <laughs> it's like what do you mean I didn't die what I didn't die. what I'm fine what's blood I don't know that I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. where did this know. red come from yeah <laughs> yeah so um from no spells to lots of spells here's a question for mm. David McEnroe as Gwen, what spell did you do you enjoy casting the most and which had the most important outcome? Oh god, which one do I enjoy casting the most? I'm not going to lie, I think it's like pretty straightforward cuz like I think Gwen loves Ice Knife and I also love Ice Knife and the fact that I'm a scribe wizard which means I can change the 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 damage type of it just makes it very fun and very versatile. Uh, yeah, and the fact you can that get I... all your flavor on that yeah exactly and so i that that is my fave one i think and also the fact that every time that i do it because i hold back so often and then when i do hit somebody maybe billy or you know just maybe someone or you know maybe ivar whoever it seems to be in the area it always crits on the damage like either i crit or the damage is the max damage it is just it's just very funny <laughs> um so yeah i think that one and it's yeah it's like the one i've had the longest and all that kind of stuff and just because of the elemental changes i can do um and the one the most important isn't that what you said which had the most important income yeah the most important consequence or outcome um i think the fight in the in the tomb in the morden tomb in the morden temple even um i think when 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 i got Gemma, i think and everything just worked out and then like she, this i stopped that we stopped that from happening and then you know you guys were doing Which so well i think it was ice knife again wasn't it yeah <laughs> it was ice knife and i okay. and i killed and i killed the um, well, no, it's, not, it's well. not the fact that that was the spell that I used, but I suppose that doing that, you know, focusing down. No, yeah, you like again, you had to roll max. Ivar was in the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you had you to roll, roll max damage. damage. Yeah, she, yeah. she, I was, I, I looked at her hit points, and I was like, okay, she's got this. If she passes, he has to roll max damage. So the odds are in Gemma's favor. And then mm -hmm. she passed, and I was like, great, he's not going to roll a twelve. He has to roll a twelve. If you rolled eleven, it was it's average to five, uh, and she would have had one hit point left. But you got exactly twelve, <laughs> and she sure. had exactly six hit points left. I sure did. Uh, yeah, that, that that like I know there's been other big battles where I've done like you know where I've fought and stuff. But I don't know that one was like the first one that like still sticks in my head, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I I guess um, if I was to think of one that I thought was an important consequence. Not just because it was actually geared towards me, but maybe <laughs> in the, in the um, sorry, my derby's showing. Um, <laughs> just as it, I think it had um, importance in the entire battle, not just because it was me. Um, uh, that uh, when you'd done the um, counterspell, 
yes. against the charm uh, effect. Mm. Or there's a crown of thorns. That was yeah, uh, kind of directed madness. towards Darby. Now, I know he probably, he does have advantage on wisdom saving throws as an elf. But it really could have tipped the scales in that battle if it had gone through. Yeah, if I were firing brass rain at you lot, it would have changed things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, I I know that one was definitely really important as well. I suppose it's just more it's just more recent. So I was just like, what's yeah. like what's the throwbacky one? But yeah, no, yeah. I, I I like I always love Counterspell. I've um you know done Counterspell. Oh, we don't have any trouble with that before. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I always it I just have to take well, it. I nearly take it because it's a third level spell, isn't it? No, it isn't, isn't it? A third level spell, yeah. I nearly take it before Fireball. I just love it so much. I'm like such a, like, uh, you know what I mean? You obviously take Fireball, but like, I just, I love Counterspell so much. It's just so satisfying yeah, to be like, <gasps> no DM, you're not doing the thing, or no DM, and I'm going to roll, and the just the, the the you know, the angst of like, oh God, am I going to do it? It's just yeah, so the, the yeah, shutdown. I, I, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling whenever you jump in on my behalf. <laughs> well, I, I do try. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so I have a question next for David Sheeran. Now, okay. you know, if you want to keep Anthony under your hat, do so. But just uh, have you any crazy combos for abilities to take for Ivor in the future? Ah, uh, okay. Or different classes or something. You know, keep mm. whatever you want under your hat, because I do have a second question for you. Yes, sure. Or are you true. percolating on anything at the moment? <laughs> so, in the terms of multiclassing and stuff like that, I have kind of, I have a. Uh, this is almost related to another question later on, but um, I have a kind of a hypothetical multiclass in my head of um, the Paladin Oath of Glory. But Ooh. this is not something. This is something that I would only pursue under very specific situations like i don't think like as as ivor is right now i don't think he's ever even going to consider paladin oath of glory but um if in the event he did the benefit of this primarily i'm i don't really care about smites specifically but the benefit of this blasphemous to say i know it is <laughs> i know but but i kind but of only uh, you could say it i'd be like i know how crazy it is but the big reason um ivor would be interested in that is, is um the oath of glory's like channel divinity lets you it gives you um effectively double carrying capacity which when you add that on top of Ivor's max strength and ability to become huge, would let him effectively, it would give him the strength of someone gargantuan. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, there's that. That's kind of something I, I've I've thought about, and it would kind of fit uh, an Ivor in a certain headspace, in my Mr. opinion. Mr. Colossus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um... No, no. Ivor. That, that right now... Um, Ivor, as a rune knight, his powers aren't going to really majorly change in a way that would allow new combos. So it really both, right now, it depends on both his environment and what magic items become available in the future. Um, now, in relation to magic items, Ivor will be getting something very soon that will help him out make, will help him make the most out of magical items. I'll keep that under my hat at the moment, though. 
before going Ooh. short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly Mystery why I. That's exactly why I did set a second question for you, for Anthony. <laughs> you wanted to keep under your hat or keep your powder dry. Sure. <laughs> uh, I will say though that um, once I hit level seven, I will be. I'll. I'll get a lot more experimental with the runes. Like I am going to be almost entirely like in character reasons for picking runes. So things will be a bit more experimental and you know that will maybe even lead to combos I didn't expect at first. Oh baby. That's a look yep. forward to. Love it. So my second question was um what was your favorite improvised weapon? Now, I know you've used a few, but what was your I favorite? I think I know the answer to this one. Well, I think a lot of people <laughs> do. But... So the, the cockatrices were very close second. <laughs> very close. Second, okay. Second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> the upset. How, however, it has to be Steve the Imp. The sheer Brian. absurdity oh, yeah. and audacity <laughs> of picking up a warlock's familiar, throwing it at them. It was Brian. It was, it was Brian. Brian the... Oh, I'm terrible with names. I yeah. can't even get Gemma right. Okay. No, honest, so... Honestly, that's another quality we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, yeah, uh, picking up uh, Brian the Imp, tossing it at the Warlock, and casting a... Well, effectively casting a spell through it. It's just everything I want with Ivor, outside of possibly using a dragon as a weapon sometime. Oh, and so and I, good. and you will. I, just, I believe in you. I just love how Brett reacted to the whole thing. It was just icing on top. So good. Yeah, I loved it. If the shackles went on him, it would have been absolutely mint. It would have been. But yeah. it was. It was. Um. It was fantastic. As it turned out, regardless. It was so good. So funny. Like I could not just be like happens you know it's too good to like shut down you know <laughs> one of the plays one of the plays of the battle has to be like yeah. one of the plays it's of the whole the... campaign so far yeah. it was so yeah. good i didn't read that yeah, imp I, I, that I imp was doing just, a lot of damage i kind of like picture ivor just kind of held it just under the chin and just kind of hawked it forward one-handedly and just <laughs> released it just as his hand just reached towards you know like a horizontal position See the pit. The way I pictured it was him grabbing the imp by the the, the, the kind of scorpion tail and just kind of swinging him like a flail before Lengel. Mm. Okay, um, like yeah. Bowser and Mario or something. <laughs> yeah, before. Uh, kind of, but like, like it, that was just one hand. Like he was treating him like an object rather than like, like he he's tiny. An imp is very tiny, so yeah, like, yeah. wouldn't be a lot of force going in there. Though I suppose the imp would. Would very much disagree with that. <laughs> Slingship. Or, or Brian. Hashtag justice for Brian. <laughs> no. Screw Brian. No. Screw Brian. He hit me so hard. It was so he really did. He really I was did. so nearly dead. So much. <laughs> Good old Brian. <laughs> okay. And my question for Gary. Did the party miss any major plot hook you dangled in front of us? And is there any time, any moment you really had to wing it? Um, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> um, so I had planned for Maester Friedrich to be a way bigger part of the story. Um, it wasn't like super major that I like dangled in front of you. It was an option. Um, but I had planned for Maester Friedrich to be a much, much larger part of the story, and we never met him. 
Yeah. Um, any moment where I really had to wing it. Gosh, there definitely has been. Um, the very last scene of the fight. <laughs> that wasn't like a really winging it thing, but like it, like think like the cogs was going really spinning in my head. The hamsters were really working in those moments um, <laughs> to make that work. Um, I'm trying to think of other times that I really had to wing it. I haven't mentioned any to you, Dave. Have I? Um, no, I think I've asked you a similar question before of like, oh, do we ever like get you? I do. I do think though for the Maester Friedrich thing in our defense and your defense, like. It, it's like, oh yeah, go see the the like the president of this town for your yes. like when and when we're like these like ragamuffin Lowly, random yeah. peeps just running around the place. Yeah, and also it's like, yeah, yeah let's go to the dean of at mine and Ivar's college to be like, oh yeah, there's like murder death stuff going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, so it was definitely the thing that yeah, that definitely makes way more sense of you not going than going. But I had planned probably incorrectly for that. Um, no, I don't think it was incorrect. Like I think we just like were exhausting the other options, and then it turned work, out that we yeah. made something else work. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, yeah. you allowed something else to work first. I think so. it would have been. I think the oddly enough, like the most likely event for us to meet him was at the very beginning when Ivor was thinking of like try how to get past these guys, and he he mm. instead of running, instead of like he he literally just ran off behind some trees to forge his signature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think in another world we could have all gone to the dean and said, "Hey, can are we allowed to get through here?" Yes. Yeah, can we? <laughs> That's for an exemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of any other times I've had to. I definitely have. Like, I definitely have. Was the the Hig thing a bit wingy? Because like, I think I kind like we knew that that was there, but I kind of was just like, "Oh, we're doing it now." Uh, I don't know was that, or no? Maybe I told no. you about it. But I no, was, no, Hig like, Hig was Hig was pretty pretty planned. Um, as was, um, like I was, I was timing out different things. Like as days were passing, like events were happening in the background and stuff. Um, mm. But the Hig one was kind of like a floating, like um, like target that I could just easily put in. Like I was happy to just be like, okay, his story starts when they go see him, kind of thing. Because I just wanted him to be creepy and weird, um, no matter when you went to see him. Did you think yeah. we would go with the Hig mission? Or? I think I thought you would. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought you'd go with the Hig mission and go see Friedrich. Um, those are the two like main leads I had planned at the beginning. And let's go back to an earlier question: like, what do I want to kind of improve on in the future? Is maybe like planning those kind of like scoping out where clues might be more interesting for and make more sense for the characters to go to. And again, yeah. I think I'll be better at doing that now that we know who the characters are more. I designed all of that before we even played. So right. it was a lot harder to be like, what are the, what will the characters, what lanes will the characters try and go down? And now I think obviously moving into book two, I'll be a little bit better at that, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the Hig mission probably got up Derby's nose a bit, because him and Hig didn't get along in the first place. And also the no. request was um, <laughs> it was against an elven messenger yeah. trying to <laughs> inter- intercept the goods he was delivering. So it wasn't something Jerry was going to go with at all in any sort yeah. of shape or form. 
Yeah, um, there was yeah, fifty percent of us were very like anti that because like I don't think even yeah. Stefan would do something that was like stealing important documents from someone as well. Not that Ivar yeah. would, but like out of the yeah, four like, of us, it goes me, Gwen first would probably most likely do it. Yeah. Then like yeah, less and less. yeah. So I I, mean, I I was I was thinking you mightn't do that one like, but but I thought you would at least like go to the silver person like like scope oh, it out like you probably was... you mightn't have gone ahead with like the actual ceiling, but I thought that would have gone a little bit further. But you had done research and stuff that led you other places, which is one thing I had to wing when you were like, are there other places about, um, like ruins and are there other like when like I'm looking for this like this person this BB in records, I made all of that up on like in ah okay so well, I good. did I oh, did get wow. you <laughs> a little bit <laughs> okay. so you're like I want to look for anyone who's important that has a little BB I made all of those people up except for BB in like five yeah. minutes and when you were like oh I, I is there other tombs around. It's not something as in like you didn't like stump me with it. Of course there would be those. No, no, but of course like, not. But, but I just yeah. had to like make them up straight away and then build them into the rest of the story. Yeah. I was okay, I'm not really gonna lie. impressive. I'm not gonna lie, I was yeah. so tempted to go and go to the silver purse on my own and just like not get everyone else involved afterwards because she felt really bad but then you were I think you were like oh yeah you take a long rest or like I clicked the long rest button or I had I, I did go to sleep yeah. or something in the end and I was like okay well I can't I can't kind of take that back really and all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. there was a there was an option where I was like I disguised self as like a maid or something and like <laughs> tried to break into the room myself <laughs> yeah the player in me was really curious to see what the item was but yeah. Yeah. So I was like, maybe not Rob, the official. Yeah. 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 Because that was the other thing. It was like, oh, what if this is really bad? If it was just like something like worth money or something, wouldn't maybe be felt as bad. But it was like, it seemed to be like intense documents about like, you know, inter country affairs. Yeah. Or will we? Or will you? Yeah. It was just like a scroll for Fireball or something. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? They really. The elves don't have this scroll for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> They've never learned fireball. It's all the trees. Uh, yeah, just couldn't, couldn't risk it. Great questions. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a great answer. Um, yeah. Now it's on to me. My <laughs> little turn. you, little old me. Um, so my question for each, uh, each of you is a little bit deeper. Deepest your love. Um, so how has your character changed in an unexpected way compared to how you designed them in your head? Hmm. The answer can be they've changed nothing at all, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly how I planned. <laughs> that is the answer. But anyway, um, I, was, <laughs> I, I, I was um I was asking questions prior, so I let someone else talk for a while. <laughs> uh, I know with Stefan anyway there was I wasn't sure how long his whole like bureaucratic analness stick. for lack of a better word stick was <laughs> going to go on for so I thought it might be a wee bit longer but while we were playing I was very conscious I didn't want it to be like every situation there was an obstacle of convincing Stefan Yes, yeah. to do it. Like, obviously, that's still a part of it, but it's not 
as big as it was whenever we were at the tomb of Bill, uh, Bill, Phil Blaggins. But yeah, I think uh, I eased up on him a lot sooner than I had initially planned, but I think that works for the best. Um, I think it seemed natural. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, like... It's, def- it's definitely also better to go in with a 10 and being like, you know, 8 is better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he, yeah, he does, like, flick back and forth and that, and so um, yeah. I can still, I still have room to play with that, especially since we're going to a new bureaucratic zone, so... Yeah, times. yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> that was definitely the most unexpected thing for me, anyway. Yes. Who next? Uh, I could, uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, like, I think Gwen is pretty much how I pitched her, I think, for the most part. Um, I think I was going to have her be more... I think originally I had planned for her to be more, like, anti... Yeah, like, try and do stuff more on her own, as in, like, try and be more, like, more independent and stuff, and, like, be a little bit more, like, oh, men are, men in particular are stupid, because, like, you know, in my in my head in the backstory, she had, like, had issues with, like, the professors and stuff, like, you know what I mean, and, and all that kind of stuff, and, like, kind of some of the stuff with Hig. Um, but yeah, that she was just gonna like be untrustworthy towards them and stuff, and then, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's it's just not. It wasn't really fun, and it didn't really do anything to to kind of force that kind of bit along. And like, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't help not try and work with it. You know what I mean? I can't be, I can be antagonistic, but I can't be that antagonistic. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I still get to kind of do it with Darby anyway. So it's, it's you know what I mean? It's just focused. <laughs> it's focused into one person in particular rather than just being like a, a full on like, oh, everyone else is kind of, uh, do, you, do you know, like not stupid, but just like um, wrong up themselves or well, yeah, wrong or up themselves or like a bit too pompous and that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> makes oh, sense or seems sense. seems yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absol- yeah. Absolutely. So um with Ivor, I had actually envisioned him as someone who with the right stressors or I guess wrong stressors could commit real acts of kind of maybe I uh, maybe evil is a strong word but maybe evil to achieve his goals, but now I'm not so sure about that in him. I don't really see if it's, I don't know if it's really in up to him, uh, not up to him, if that's in him, you know? Ooh. Yeah. At the same Darkness. time, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I, I, I was mentioning this earlier, I kind of see Oath of Glory Ivor as sort of where his self-righteousness kind of takes hold of him and he just kind of loses sight of what methods he's using. You know what I mean? Ah. The end justifies the means, Ivar. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, that's what Shadow Ivar was. Could be. I'm I'm still getting a feel for uh, for Ivar and like his own limits, if you know what I mean. Yes. Oh, that's absolutely fine. Like that. Yeah. Not knowing everything about your character is important. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of the fun for a lot of role role playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gives them uh, room to grow. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Darby, has Darby anything? Um, Darby turned out pretty much how I envisioned him, uh, my original idea. Um, I wanted him to be arrogant, cocky, brash, um, kind of sarky, great one-liners. Um, so he <laughs> turned out pretty well, yeah. Uh, 
I think after after making Jarvie, I was playing um, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Ravali, the um, Rito champion, is actually very like Jarvie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I'd created Derby before this, but I actually, after playing it, I actually see Derby in him. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but um, yeah, he turned out pretty much how I expected. Um, I had to just do it from the get go and really get into it. Like even you know the very first episode where he's got no patience, he just like pretty much asks as a circus in town, goes in straight to the nail. bar and just yeah goes for a drink. Um, I think that nailed it and it helped me kind of build on them. Yeah. Yeah, I think the I think the opening scenes are very like uh, indic- indicative of what we're going to be like after that and like you know. Yeah, that's true. Way back um, when. You asked um when did we like click with the world or something as well? That was my next question. Um, but yeah, we can go straight into that if you if you have if you have that ready. Um, when did you what the words? You can cut. When did you? When did you <laughs> think? Uh, that's fine. When did you think your character clicked with the world around them? And then, like by this, I mean kind of like when did you, the player, find your character's kind of rhythm in the world? Well, since I spoiler alerted, um, <laughs> I might as well keep going. Go, keep going. <laughs> Um, I think Derby really clicked with the world. Well, of course, when he met Brass Rain, first of all, because oh. as a gunslinger, it's his um, it's his bread and butter. Like so, um, yeah, that was the first part, I suppose. Um, but then, um, in Etron's Folly, um, I think Derby, like he, for the first time, he perceived the world, um behind the veil of um, bureaucracy and like paperwork. So he thought Etron's Folly was really special because um, Darby loves innovation and ingenuity. And he was really impressed with how they came up with solutions for problems without any outside influences. And they'd like solutions similar to what he used, but they created themselves without any sort of diffusion of ideas. And they created them independently. So really- The hours grow, you mean? Was it Tiara? Tiara's oh, Grove. What's Etron's Folly? Yeah, where's no that one? When you said it first, I was like, is this like a special word that he's using to mean something? That's my fault. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, I thought it was like I just a... assumed I had forgotten it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. And then, <laughs> and then as he went on, I was, was like, like a, yeah. I thought Etron's Folly was like a, like a term. Like a, yeah. Because I was like, know. it's not an episode title and it's not a place we've been to that I remember. Tiara's <laughs> Grove. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Continue. I'm going to find out what that is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but he really loved how they created their own, like, solutions without having to learn it from somewhere else. And uh, he sought to preserve that, even though the other party members kind of had other ideas. They were, like, showing them (laughs) the maps and telling them what's there. That's why Derby was saying, oh, there's monsters here, here, and here. He kind of just wanted them to remain insular because he thought it was so special. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. And I think probably Derby wouldn't be the most religious of, of people, and it's probably opened his eyes a little bit to see how the gods are actually actively involving themselves with them. 
Mm. So that's true. another thing. Very true. Oh, I, I know what Edwin's folly is as well. It's a place out of um, Pathfinder campaign I'm in. Uh, um, it did sound familiar. Um, but alas. Um, no, I think it's good that your character has the like not strong connection with the gods because it it is something that's kind of like just only been held on by tradition in Dumeria. Zero yeah, it, um, it's like as he said before, he kind of said, um, "Oh, it's the lifestyle. The gods kind of don't like that." It was like when <laughs> um, uh, what was her name? She was like the. Um, she was Melora? like the disciple of Pelor. Um, oh. Sister. Oh. Sister um, Prudence. Sister Prudence. Sister Prudence Snake. didn't really like him. So he kind of said, ah, the religious types don't really like me. It's the lifestyle. Um, I think maybe Jeremy's eyes will be kind of opened a bit more to the gods. Uh, just the fact they've been kind of more active. They're around. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Anyone else got an answer for this? We don't have to go through everyone if everybody doesn't. So I have a an idea for uh yeah I have a an answer for this. Um, oh, I think yeah. yeah I think during uh the earlier downtime between exploring the dwarven ruin and facing off against the the resurrected Phil, uh like a lot happened during there. Uh, he he sat down like Ivor sat down and studied a great number of artifacts. He he found and kind of a, like he found Shaw's and just kind of met those characters and and saw that whole side of Laurel Bank he had been missing, and he became a rune knight. It does feel like a whole lot had happened and he came into his own. Yeah. Oh, so good. That was great. All you're like putting away all the like the, the things of all the different families of Morden that you found. All those kind of little bits. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, Bilbert, do you have one? Uh, a small moment I remember for me was when we were outside. I think it was our second tomb. And we're planning how to get the fake guards out in that. I thought that was just a nice moment for us that clicked really well between like getting the fire and being like, okay, how do we do this within regulations <laughs> and all this crap? Uh, <laughs> Regulated fire. <laughs> I just, yeah, I thought it worked. The party worked really well together at that moment, and I think it was because I always picture Stefan as being a bit like socially awkward in that. But I think that was one moment where you know he got to work with other people, and it worked really well. Um, Yo, go team! And then, of course, after his uh, post uh, breakdown, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, bit I think the world kind of became a bit clearer for him there. It just kind of made more sense. It wasn't like the rose-tinted or ink-tinted glasses he'd been looking through before. Ink-tinted! <laughs> ink-tinted! Uh, okay, Gary. Ink-tinted into my veins. Oh my is, God. It, okay. is it okay. too late? Wait, wait, wait. No, this is a separate episode. We could... I think we have an episode title. Come on. Ink-tinted. <laughs> or make Q&A and ink-tinted. Ink-tinted. Uh, <laughs> Um, so oh, Gary, uh, yeah, you make a magic item that is uh, ink tinted glasses. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Was that a good thing? You can. It has the comprehend languages spell built into it. Once per day, it recharges uh, every dawn. Oh, or cool. you can see a Lutheran script or something. Yes. 
Got this. We're dungeoneers. Cipher ciphers. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Sorry, Billy. We were being beautiful. Continue. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's those kind of small moments that I think, like especially well, like when he's helping the halfling's name. I always remember the cleric with her form. She's a dwarf. Then... <laughs> is she? She is a dwarf. Yeah, from Goldshire. Dooley. <laughs> Do they? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Guys, you're on her, fire with names today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her form was definitely filled out wrong then. Uh, no, I, you know. <laughs> no, you we saw moments her. Where, you uh, like when, when Darby was trying to be super supportive, well, Stefan stopped to function, yeah. It's those kind of moments, I think. Uh, worked for me, yeah. Nice. Lovely. Lovely. Um, this is going to sound silly, but uh, I think when Gwen started to lie instantaneously at the very start, I just, I just felt so in it. I just felt so in it from the get-go, and I was just like, because you know, we did lo- like we did lots of prep, and we had like pitched characters and stuff, and it was just like you know, I me, mean? I was forcing us all to go to the tomb and stuff, basically. So uh, for me, I don't know, I, I kind of felt from the get-go, I was just like, oh. I, I'm that so was, in. I'm so in this. Do you know? That was so incredible. I felt like I was caught in the in a storm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, yeah. I felt like I didn't know what to believe, and I was like, <laughs> I know what the truth is here. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew what uh, the truth was. <laughs> Excellent. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Um, and we move on to Galopoli. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I'll start with Gary then. So for book two, if you had to use any other uh, tabletop RPG system, is there any one or maybe even multiple systems you'd consider instead of Dungeons and Dragons? Alternatives yeah. are available. Alternatives are available. Um, I did think about this one and look it up. I think Fiasco would be really fun. Um, it's a, it's a G- GMless system. Um, and it's kind of like, um, like, um, it's like pitched as kind of like a burn after reading where like loads of like series of events just equal into something like really weird and catastrophic. Um, but not that, not that like, that's a omen for what's going to happen in Gizmobrook or anything, (laughs) But (laughs) but it's just like the kind of like, it's more like intrigue based and everyone kind of like trying to solve clues and stuff together. And I would get to play. Um, um, I also think Fate would be really good. Um, uh, Fate is a kind of a, it's like a genre-less system um, where you like just imprint the rules um, as you're kind of, like there's rules, but you imprint, imprint the like style and like what each of the skills kind of do as you're kind of designing it and setting it up at the beginning. Um, so yeah, those are the two I would probably consider if we were moving away from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have any suggestions for systems, let us know at home. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Dave Darby McTighe, I've also gone with uh, individual questions. Uh, so obviously, Darby is intrinsically linked to Gizmo Brook. Um, how much do you know about the town or city itself at this stage? And have you and Gary spoke much about it? Um, yeah, me and Gary spoke. Well, we had like a three. Was it nearly? What, 
two or three hour session, which is a lot longer than we, than we had anticipated. Yeah. Um, we were like, it'll take half an hour. And then two hours later, we were still writing down things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, the national created... plant is this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the flag and everything. Yes. And yeah. the national anthem. Um, oh, Gizmobrook. Oh, Gizmobrook. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, don't spoil it. <laughs> no. yeah. um, I, I created a lot of NPCs for Gizmobrook. Um, mainly like Derby's friends and family and acquaintances, um, other business owners and other proprietors. Um, I'm sure Gary's made a few of his own, but I gave him quite an extensive list um, so um, you know not going to reveal it all but yeah I know a fair bit about Gizmo but I suppose I kind of I did have a hand in created a bit so mm. um, and I suppose it's important that I kind of do know um, a fair bit about it going into it so um, as Derby I, really would have to I have more stuff to share with you as well I have added to that list oh fun I'm looking forward to that <laughs> <laughs> so lots and lots. Lots and lots, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, uh, Stefan, Stefan will Stefan will be very excited. I've yeah, I have um designed the like um political system of Gizmobrook. Excellent. Mm. A little bit more in depth than I did for Laurel Banks. So it was the principle. It was very straightforward. <laughs> He was the big, he was the thing. That's One it. guy, he had a big office in the library, he ruled it all, okay? Get <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brett was bad, boom, okay? Done. <laughs> uh, and then on to David Gwen McEnroe. <laughs> Going off your earlier point, what's been your favorite Gwen lie so far? And is there any you wish had gone differently? Such a oh good god, there's so many lies. Um, <laughs> I... The lies, the lies, <laughs> the lies. Um, I, I think my favorite. Well, I don't know. I don't know if this is my favorite, but the one I really love is that the that's my name is Sarah. The Sarah thing. I love that it's like Sarah Cobbleston or Gwen Sarah Cobbleston or whatever the fuck it is. I I do love that one. That one's just very funny. Um, to keep going. Oh. Mage Guardians. Mage Guardians was pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the initial storm of lies was pretty great. To be fair, um, I'm trying to think of a more recent lie that I told. Uh, oh, the fact. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I was like, I, I, I think that you all, all guys knew this as well. As soon as she was like, oh, don't like impersonate me or something. Did she say that? I think she said, don't imper- to, to be fair. Did she say, don't impersonate me or something? No, she wasn't like. But she wasn't like. She said you couldn't use her name or mention her or um, like say that you were working with them kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, cool. I won't do that, but I'm going to instantly do this other thing. So I know this wasn't a lie that you no. necessarily knew about. <laughs> I'm not but like, yeah, any of I'll... that, but also yeah. I'm doing all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, that's like my, I suppose my favorite um, deception <laughs> that she's done most recently was just like she knew that she was not going not gonna to follow that. Um, was there a second part to that question? There was. Uh, oh, any you wish I'd done yeah. differently? Um, if you can't think of one, that's fine. Uh, no, I, I think she kind of. Perfect. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think she kind of wishes that she didn't uh, lie to you guys now. 
as in like you know she, the relationship was kind of birthed on a lie but i suppose that's her deal but also you know what i mean this she feels bad about that and then also the, since the recent fight of all the lies and the manipulation and stuff i think she's uh feeling a little bit worse about you know just being so free with the lies and like you know um deceiving as much um so yeah but you know she knows that she couldn't really have taken that one back do you know what i mean as in like that one had to kind of happen for Oh yeah, yeah. the farm would have gone otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we wouldn't have had a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. And then David Ivar Sheeran. Uh, obviously, without giving anything away, uh, Ivar's family's come up. I'd say quite a bit in book one. Uh, how much ha- of that had you planned out before we did the show? I guess. And is there any amusing? family stories you want to share from the ironclad ancestry sure actually yeah uh so uh, i have some of ivor's family worked out primarily his grandfather and his granduncle now obviously the, his granduncle is oscar ironclad which is who is the kind of head of the clan currently yep and uh now Beyond that, I don't really have any details for his parents, cousins, or possibly siblings worked out just yet. I have some rough ideas for who uh, Ivor's parents might be like. I, I've i not really thought too hard about this yet, but I kind of have a, a suspicion, like a feeling that maybe one of them practices some school of magic and could be responsible for why Ivor is initially not too interested in, in modern magic. Oh, interesting. You know? um, interesting. As for as for funny stories, so Ivor's grandfather, uh, uh, Bronston, he was originally a clanless dwarf who tried to rob Oscar. So um, they they ended up fighting, and like I like uh, Bronston lost, uh, but Oscar spared him, and this kind of moved. Uh, Brosten so much that he swore to aid and protect him uh, for life. And uh, they kind of formed a friendship, and uh, Brosten eventually married Oscar's sister, uh, Ovina. Oh. Wow. Yeah, That's yeah. class. I, I kind of picture uh, Brosten as someone who is, as he didn't really grow up with tradition, kind of treats all traditions very strictly. Perhaps to comical extremes, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's just kind of the vibe I get from. Oh my god, I love that so much. That's so cool. Nice. Oh, I, I mean, want to go there it. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the longer we wait, the, the more time we have to actually work out the rest. Yeah, that's right. Come our two hour session about the Dolores next. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we have um, to finish up um, some final questions from a good friend of the podcast. Big Little King Gaming on Woo! Twitch and Twitter and all those good things. Uh, baby streamer doing Pokemon stuff, so you know we love Pokemon here. Um, not all the rules in Pokemon are the same as D&D, but we do enjoy it. Um, so he uh, sent us in a, f- a few questions, so we're going to answer them for him because he's so lovely to us and also anyone who is into Pokemon. Go check him out. He streams and he's good um, we do these quick fire <laughs> for pressure's sake. 
Um, so first question is what inspired Jumeri and its people? Quick fire question. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, so what inspired Jumeria? So Dave of the Gwen Persuasion um, started writing out maybe about 30 show names, 30 podcast names, and we yeah. narrowed it down to ones that we liked and we got it down to two, one of them being Adventuring for Dummies um, and the other one being Dungeon Dice Masters. Um and no one's allowed to, to steal that either. Um and then patent pending, patent pending. And then we did eventually go for adventuring for dummies because it was more kind of thematic. And then from there we were like, okay, like adventuring for like the four dummy series is uh, like a teaching uh, book. Um I nearly said novel. Um <laughs> So I kind of based it off that. I was like, okay, what if, um, not that it's exactly what the what we have been doing in the podcast, but like, what if this world was without adventure and the players in it had to create what adventure was? So basically, that's where Dumeria came out of. Yeah. Um, and from there, it's like, okay, in what world would there be no adventure? A world full of bureaucracy. Um, and that's where the like culture of bureaucracy and the people came out of. Um, so yeah, and yeah. then from there, one kind of one that's relatively like safe, kind of. Do yeah, you know, like yeah, it's like yeah, it's getting sorted, but yeah. not really. But like, like you know, it's still a fancy world. There's still like monsters, quote unquote. We've seen a few of them. Um, well, we've just seen gnolls and cockatrices. Um, and shambling mans. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so there, <laughs> there still is like. It had to be so bureaucratic in my head that it, like they had to be protected from everything in the world. So that's why we don't need adventurers to do all these things anymore. There's like systems in place to stop all of these things from affecting people. Um, so that's where that kind of came out of. And then beyond that was just like the like first bubble in the brainstorm. And then from there, it kind of filtered down into kind of all the ideas we had together and for characters and stuff. And I kind of just like built that into... Um, the world, and then I pulled in the gods from Wildmount because I liked them and ate yeah, them and then the months and stuff. Yeah, we were like, oh, and there'll be X amount of like races, and these ones will do this, that, and the other. Like, yeah, we did like a lot of that stuff, and then when we'd done yeah. all that, we kind of I like <laughs> evacuated back out, and then like I continue on with like yeah. actual story and plot things. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I I wanted a world that was like simple enough from a like a race perspective like super super fantastical worlds where all lineages and uh, race combinations exist are incredibly fun and um, but i kind of wanted to do a little bit of limiting just because i felt it worked better with the story of like the the vibe of the world and i i also get like crushed by choice so putting in rules uh, makes my life feel feel easier so just you know, filtering it down a little bit to like the more basic, um, or some of the more like basic classical um, lineages and heritages and races. Um, again, it fit the kind of dummy vibe I felt. Oh. Um, <laughs> a couple more. Uh, what motivates BB besides causing absolute chaos? I'm not going to answer this, obviously, but what do you <laughs> think? Just say. <laughs> what do you think motivates BB? Uh, I think it's like power and like supremacy, but like knowing that he can do it. I feel like there might be something in his background of him like knowing that he's like really good at necromancy and like 
knowing that it's not he's not supposed to do it, like that kind of thing, sort of. I I have actually a pretty strong suspicion that BB was someone who kind of had that uh, disdain for the bureaucracy of Demaria and potentially wanted to change it, perhaps at first, but I don't know, maybe through whatever warlock packs he got, he kind of lost his way. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to say something similar, just he was curious about what was the silence and that, and maybe thinks the system isn't working, but has gone down a different way to us in investigating it. DM takes notes? No. <laughs> I, I think we lost a lot of um, info we could have gleaned from him, just the way things happened. Um, I think perhaps perhaps he's someone that has like studied the silence and is actually trying to reenact it for his own means. Perhaps. All very good. So we've got two on camp. Uh, yeah, re- restart silence or research necromancy for power, and then in two for like he was kind of good, but then he lost his way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great! I love all those answers, and I'm not telling you which one is correct. If any of them are correct, who knows? Um, next question: Will Darby ever get back to Gismondbrook? Yes. 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 That's a usual. This question was before 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 those episodes aired. But yes, we're on the way. (laughs) Never happened. Turns out we're fabrication. (laughs) Well, we don't know. We we could. You know, the boat could crash. The boat boat is headed on the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. The boat could be going the wrong way. Yeah, you could be. Did did anyone take a geography module at university? (laughs) On the wrong boat. Sinkhole opens up. In the river, and we just end up in the underdark. Yeah, it's the, the weird the, demon um, thing comes, whatever that thing is. Stefan, Gwen, and Ivar will be on the right boat, but then yes. they'll get there <laughs> and realize that they actually left Darby at home. And then Gwen will look straight into the camera and go, Darby! <laughs> I would never. I'd be like, oh, class. I'm pretty sure he'd be probably making his own way regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's go to a shop and steal his stuff. <laughs> maybe there is no Gizmo Brook. Who knows? <gasps> oh, man. It was all a lie. No, it's, it's real. Grab a wooden bath and an oar, and he just kind of. Off he goes. Off he goes, yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, next, how is Stefan connected to the Wild Mother? Again, I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> how do how do you feel, Stefan? Um, yeah, without going too much into it, definitely Stefan's uh, family history might be a bit more uh, rural than he would li- than his father would like. So, I think some ways back and I hope it's connected to Shepherd's Warning. Well, it probably is since it was powered up, but yeah, I think there's some ancestral link there. I want and think that is true. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, when will Gwen and Ivar get together? The will they won't they? <laughs> oh, everyone's gone off of uh, Darby and Gwen because, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think everyone's gone off Darby and Gwen. <laughs> what? I believe. 
You believe? I believe. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Didn't Darby say that, that she repulsed him or something at one stage? I think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry, the feelings mean Yeah, but like... <laughs> What interesting party has season, said that to someone? It's season one, okay? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get to season four and things might change. Also, this question is about uh, Ivor and Gwen, so, you know. That's the question that's at hand. There's so much will there, won't they, just in the whole, you know, whole party, you know, who knows? I, 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 should I answer this question seriously? I don't know. I, I like, but like this, uh, there is most similar. You know, they've both got, like, dwarven backgrounds and stuff. They're both interested in, like, the s- similar stuff. So, like, I don't know. I think it just makes sense that they're, like, close in that in that regard. But I don't know. I don't know if there's, like, romantic things happening uh, yet or anytime soon. They're both the smart bookish people. Yeah. That's, that, that's either, more the other or two less where I am kind of when it comes to that question. Yeah. So you never know. Will it blossom into a beautiful relationship or friendship or both or neither? Find out. In book two, maybe I'll kill him. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, like, just lose I've done it to everyone else almost, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, Ivor ends up the oath of glory, uh, paladin, and, and then very shortly after, uh, ice knifed. Yeah, yeah, or psycho knifed because Gwen becomes a psychomancer. I've decided oh, yeah. that's what yeah. a, a psychic wizard is called. <laughs> psychomancer, I yeah. like psychomancer. Darby and Stefan have to investigate the murder on the boat. I, I mentioned <gasps> this. Oh my god, murder on the laurel. Laurel <laughs> murder murder on the Laurel Bank Express. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that's murder that's on the, the Nile. Name. And then it's a murder, murder on the Laurel Bank yeah. Express. So, yeah. mm. I had it right. I, Dave yeah. can attest. He knows books. Right? Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh. <laughs> Typical <laughs> Darby energy right there. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, um, oh. you were on about what the Agatha Christie books was it? Yeah, it's Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express. So, yeah, that's Murder. right. Murder on the Laurel would be correct. <laughs> anyway, Combo that's fine. Too. That's uh, actually... you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Murder on the the Couvert Express is what I named uh, a one shot I've uh, drawn up. Ooh, Ooh, very fun. Is it like train or like steampunk? Yeah, it's automobile? it's a uh, Eberron uh, train. Oh, oh, the the, the stuff like fun. yeah, and yeah, like speedy trains and everyone love it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that was fun. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I had great fun. Didn't did not feel all the time going. Um, learned some fun things about each other, about our characters. Yeah, I thought it was very good fun. It was lots of thoughts, emotions, feelings. Yeah, thoughts, emotions, feelings. I won't ask you for any final ones because we've, <laughs> we've expressed a lot. Um, so yeah, I hope you had fun listening to our uh, ramblings and thoughts about uh, the campaign so far, about book one, and some small things of what we're hopeful for for book two, um, yet unnamed, um, as I as I might be a slight spoiler. Um, but yeah, we are looking forward to to going on that silly little story with you all as well at home. And we'll be kicking off very soon with uh, episode one of book two of Adventuring for Dummies. And we're very excited to, to get there. So, until then, it's a goodbye from me. 
Bye. 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 Hey, this is Dave of the Gwen Persuasion. Just to let you know, you can follow us on our socials by searching Adventuring for Dummies. And you can tweet at us at A4DPod or by using hashtag A4DPod on Twitter. That's the number four, not F-O-R. Uh, we would also love if you gave us a rating and review and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you guys next week. <laughs>